I don't have any music though. I, I can change my name. Crap, I don't have the music right now. You know, I had to, I finally got a new computer, by the way, um, which is why right. I oh, nice. uh, do this again. Uh, but I don't, the, the hard drive on the old computer was inaccessible. So I got to figure out a, out a way to get all my crap ah. from the old computer ah. onto this one with just the hard drive. And it's horrible. You got to buy special equipment and stuff. But for now, maybe we'll yeah. just city on the edge. Nice. Okay. City on the edge. 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 We're edge. back. We are roaring back from from the graveyard <laughs> of 2020 and just, just roaring. the funhouse of yeah. horrors that that was. And isn't it great? Nothing bad's happened in 2021. Nothing at all. Everything's been just been so cool. relaxing so far. Syria didn't get bombed today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't. We all haven't had to learn who Q Shaman is. Yeah. That guy hasn't popped up on our feed constantly. Yeah. Us that 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 exists. Um. Well, what, well, what should we do? How should we kick this uh, this whole business off? We're going to be talking about cults yeah. today, but maybe it would yeah. be good to do a little check-in on right. anything notable going on in uh in your lives or in albuquerque life uh, um why don't we start with you let's see i can't think of anything i'm not sure that you're i exist actually you've been delivering some pizza and, and seeing a different oh, yeah right yeah that's true i have a delivery job in the southeast heights at the moment i don't know i think about quitting it every day because it's horrible but it is it has been really interesting. I've learned a ton about um, what's going on in uh, in this city. I mean, I see like police brutally arresting people every day now. Like they're just always constantly shaking people down and pushing them up against walls and stuff in the Southeast Heights. I mean, honestly, like it's amazing how like I haven't noticed that in the way that I've noticed it before. If listeners, you've seen Mike's amazing uh, promo comics. Oh, we got uh, to get them tied to trees. Uh, yeah i've been doing these like yeah uh digital art comics um using photos and stuff of all of us for our listeners i'm just saying conspiracy theories you're, you're tapping into promoting city on the edge Jesus yeah Christ. but i've kind of ended up just they've become like fan fiction where i'm just like making us all like kind of like the worst possible versions of ourselves if you look for these, we'll post them on uh, online. <laughs> we'll have them uh, accessible, you know, via or Instagram soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to do a bunch of them and like maybe do some sort of like cheap newsprint graphic novel. Yeah, I could see it. Up. We can sell and stuff. Uh, yeah, and it, it kind of fits in with the t- the culty aspect of uh, our show today. I don't know what to uh, <laughs> to do. Yeah, how about you two? What's going on? My- yeah, Nora. What- Oh, I'm having a bad yeah. connection, but I mean, similarly, where you, life just feels so um, circumscribed by COVID, walking yeah. around with Lulu, Clay, my husband, teaching on Zoom, a lot of Zoom. Yeah. Um, I did a conference in Albuquerque, in Albuquerque on Zoom, so that yeah. made me kind of sad. The oh. um, Southwestern Pop Virtual Culture Association conference. Yeah, virtual Albuquerque. And that's Ty, cool. How, how are you? Well, um, I guess what I've been doing that's kind of like relevant to the podcast is I've been hiking out by the the Mystery Stone, the the Frank Hibben 
Uh, oh, nice. Hoax uh, that of the Ten Commandments written in proto. Nice. Or whatever it is. So. Lost in this Decalogue. Yes, very interesting area. <laughs> Run into some really Christian groups who are uh, learning all about how the you know whatever the Thirteenth Tribe settled oh. the area, and this is proof of it. Um, there's that sounds Mormon. Yeah, I don't think they are though. I I looked it up. They oh. they were from a particular college called a uh, Veritas University, and huh. they're I don't think they're Mormon. I think college they're, they're related to uh, oh. evangelical movement. Uh. Um, cult or is that culty? yeah, a little culty for sure. You know, so that wow. they're one of the few biblically based universities. Wow, <laughs> not few enough. Yeah, um, and then on the top of this. <laughs> This uh, it's called Hidden Mountain, I guess, but it's actually more of a, a butte, I guess. And it's an andesite volcanic neck, right? Yeah, that that's oh. what I meant. Right. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely volcanic. Um, <laughs> Fair bit. I want to. I didn't know you were going out the time. I want to go out there sometime when you go. Yeah, let's go I mean, I know it's COVID and stuff, but we could meet out there. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Um, and on top of the butte, there's all these ooh, yeah. these old stone. Uh, stone ruins on top of this uh it's kind of like a i think of it like a miniature akama is what it looks like because apparently it was not um it was not used like there's no evidence of like long-term inhabitation so i guess that's different than akama but it, it seems to have been used as a defensive spot primarily makes sense yeah bandelier so, did a pretty good survey of that area in the 1800s there's a lot of stuff written by him if you ever want to and he didn't mention that stone at all so i don't think it was there that to me that's one of the big evidences against nope hibben's the first one and then you know yeah. you've seen the stone right yeah it, it looks like somebody carved it in with a nail about 40 years ago you know i'm surprised it's 100 years old but we have verification of it being that old i guess people have been tracing over it with chalk and nails and stuff forever yeah. i did that, read about, it, about that which yeah. conveniently obliterates any ability to actually ascertain how old it is too so yeah but uh, is it a time portal stone did you try it it's either a mormon hoax or a frank hibben hoax or a unm student hoax or something like that it, it, but I feel like you have you get frank hibben's fingerprints on some weird anomalous artifact like yeah yeah I mean, that's like as close to open and shut as it gets without he's a, a disreputable fraudster we're talking cults today uh mysterious alternate versions of of spirituality and and uh and religion yeah so nora why don't you uh why don't you kick us off with something that you found that i've never heard of druids yeah in albuquerque now i know you know there's certainly been a like a neo-pagan group here in in town for for a good long time but this is this is a little more involved than that right Yes, there's some time in Albuquerque. I'm going to give you guys the chronological rundown. And I, I was just looking at newspapers.com, my favorite, and just yes. kind of... We should get them to sponsor us. Yeah. Thank you, newspapers.com. Um, try the, a free trial today. But yes, so here's what I found. So basically, there's this cult, and it's the Druid cult. So the Druids... I don't know a ton about them, but that ancient um, English, uh, what what else? Celtic, I can't. Celtic. Celtic. Thank you. Irish, um, Scottish, Gaul, right? Yeah. Neolithic era. Believe in the um, 
you know, the, the power of nature, specific trees like elm, uh, I believe mistletoe, you know, certain yeah. plants were very powerful. I think mages and, and witches and magicians were all a part of it. And then back in the day, they were used by royals. They were consulted by royals, you know, and, and they, I think they hold a, some fascination in, in American pop culture. Don't they show up in like Dungeons and Dragons yeah. and oh, yeah. different forms? Um, and so it just caught my eye because of the Druid part, because some of the other cults that I was looking at uh, felt a little different. This one felt a little different. Um, and notably, there, there are two leaders so they have a few different names. And this is in the seventies. So, yeah. So the first notice I found of them is 1972. And, and so, okay. So their real names are Richard and Jerry Lee Garcia. And so Jerry Lee is the, the woman and Richard's the guy, but it's notable because Jerry is the leader. She's, she's the one really driving things, um, writing the Druid rule book, which according to some ex-members has between 200 and 300 very specific rules basically uh shit hits the fan in 77 but so that's when an ex-member speaks out and so the earliest mention i found of them was from this ex-member who said that it began for him he joined this group in albuquerque in december 1972 when the members were studying astrology under laura and he says things were much different then um, they studied strictly astrology for a year, and then they moved to Arizona. And that's kind of where things, you know, took off. Well, they moved from here to go to Arizona. Yeah. And then they'll move back to New Mexico. We'll see. So, sure. so they're, they're in Arizona and they, they set up a commune um, around Witch Wells, Arizona. Oh, Witch that's Wells. where I used to live. What? Witch Wells, really? Yeah. Yeah, I live like eight miles from there. Yeah. Uh around what? Witchwell's Witchwell Trading Post. Yeah, St. John's, Sanders, yeah, uh, Zuni, yeah. New Mexico. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay, um, I didn't expect that. That's amazing. And, yeah. and you know, so so this, this ex-member is, you know, oh, we're going to continue our studies more deeply. Um, and there's a quote from him. We all expected to become high priests and priestesses, and eventually we were going to spread out and start communes of our own. Uh, but then that didn't happen. So um, they found at the commune, Laura, the main lady, the main leader, um, was very controlling. Uh, this ex-member says, we weren't allowed to read anything except her book. So this Druid kind of rule book, it sounds like. Um, we were stuck with what she said. We were so susceptible to it, though. We wanted it. Um, we wanted their studies so bad. Well, does he say like what what, what the appeal was? Like... Um, it sounds like, you know, he never quite says it in, in things I found. Um, and there's, it, it, there's not a lot of ex-members speaking out. Uh, it sounds like it was very, uh, you know, communal, um, very uh, centered around nature. Um, it sounds like, you know, some things said that there was, uh, you know, sex with each other was encouraged. Um, along with marriage, but that was more for legal reasons, it sounded like, to kind of remove a legal tie to parents. Well, this um, all sounds terrible. <laughs> but but this this a part I found really interesting. Um, so, so, you know, when they're in Witchwells, before shit hits the fan in around 1977, um, between 72 and 77, 
uh, Laura's personality starts to change. Her teachings change um, and she's really irritated. She's rageful. She lies to them, he believes. Um, as an example, he says, Laura tells them Elvis Presley was a magi from the village she was born in. She said she wrote his songs for him. I think that is true, actually. <laughs> Wasn't that in his biography? Mike? Yeah, I kind of remember that in the Peter Gronick books. Some druid wrote all his music. Right. <laughs> you put a spell on me. <laughs> yeah. And basically the day is very highly structured by Laura. You know, wake up early, eat, work, meditate. Um, Whoa. So this is, this is the other component. And this is what seems to be the thing that really gets them in trouble is uh, stuff with children, which I think in cults is complicated in terms of who has the child, et cetera. So basically she has a rule that any child born within the cult um, has to stay with her for 21 days after it's born, Whoa. right after it's born. Like imprint on her. Yes, and she and this is a period when she can tell if they're special or not. So some children are born, you know, special, um, uh, gifted, and and the ex member also said it was also done to keep it from getting any hangups from the other commune members. So so she wants control for these first twenty one days, and then if it was gifted, you know, it would be treated uh, in a more special way. So so that's going on. And, and then stuff comes out about Laura, you know, she was in a previous marriage and it sounds like she lost custody of her children and was no longer able to have kids. Um, and she was very, you know, attached to the kids in the commune and there were some custody battles. So let me get back to my timeline. So they're in Witchwells, they're doing this stuff, they're doing Druid stuff. Um, Laura sounds like, you know, she's calling the shots, guiding everyone. And then, um, around you know basically some uh, they're recruiting some people it sounds like from what i saw about four students from northern arizona university and flagstaff and the parents are worried about the kids so they start filing missing people's report and maybe it it sounds like there's they start getting more attention because of these missing people persons reports um, getting filed by parents or, or other loved ones uh, for people who have joined the commune. Oh, I see. So these are for these are people who have joined the commune mm -hmm. that are being reported missing from their normal life. Exactly. And another rule of the the commune, the change your name, you know, so you're you're less easy to find. Cut off all contact. Um, and then marriage was another one. You know, so if these younger kids still had some, I don't know, legal or something attachment to their family, they would then be legally bound within just the, the cult. It would just stay. They were purposefully separating them from their lives and obscuring where they'd gone. Yeah. Classic cult tactic. So basically they, they move. Um, this is when they move in 77. It sounds like they move in January of 1977 to Rama, New Mexico. Oh, Rama. Rama. Yeah. Rama. Yeah, where is that, Mike? It's in northwestern New Mexico. I think it was founded by Mormon missionaries, actually. And it, uh, 
is the site of this really interesting kind of secret music festival called Road to Riches um, it, that happens every year on some guy's birthday that owns this property and like all the Americana musicians in Albuquerque descend on it. And anyway, it's it's up there. I think it's near, I, I'm not sure exactly where it is. I know I've been through it once or twice, but I think it's up by in the Northwest, right? Gallup, Shiprock. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> Get the site. And that makes Jonah. sense because apparently there's some in members who stay in on the commune in, in Rama, and then some who are out members. And those are the ones who are public facing, public working. They work at, primarily at a hotel in Gallup as waitresses, bartenders, cooks, and they stay in the hotel. And this, it, it, the hotel is owned by Carl Vidal, who is a prominent Gallup citizen. Some, an article says he's a millionaire. So he owns a lot of businesses. Um, he's, according to an article, uh, sympathetic to the cult, but he's not a part of the cult. Hmm. And the deal is that the, the members of the cult who are working for him, their pay gets sent straight to the leaders. So the workers don't see any of the pay. Um, you know, it goes and he's cool with that. Um, so there's kind of two, two things that start to, you know, disturb the cult. One is a particular person's family. It's an Illinois family. Um, you know, he's one of four sons and they just really want their son back. So they're very aggressive in going after the cult. Um, they thought that he died in a flood in Flagstaff. So he went there for grad school for forestry. Um, and then they didn't hear from him and it was presumed that he had died. But then an acquaintance from Illinois saw him in Gallup working and called her parents and was like, oh, I saw, you know, so-and-so. Um, and so then they said, oh my gosh, he's, he's still alive, but he's just not talking to us. So they go down to investigate um, and they go to Witchwells, you know, they go to Flagstaff, they go, they stay in um, St. John's, it sounds like. And there, there's interesting, a lot of interesting coverage in the Arizona Daily Sun, the Flagstaff newspaper, if anyone's interested in, in looking at it um, from this time period. So, you know, they have his picture, people don't recognize him, but they say that, you know, people who are part of this are pretty bearded, you know, they're, he might look different. Um, it's a pretty clean cut picture. So they're in Arizona, then they go to um, New Mexico, they're looking for him. And here, I, I'm just going to read some of this because the, the dad, it's the dad and mom looking for him and they keep, he keeps a pretty detailed diary, which is re republished in, in the newspaper. So an informant helps them find the, the, the Rama, Rama ranch, ranch. How do you say it? Rama? People say Rama, but Rama, the real name of the area should probably be the Navajo name, uh, which means place to wild onions. So <laughs> But that's so totally different. He's he's coming with um, uh, some other another couple that is looking for their son who is with the druids. So, so they get with an, the help of the informant they find it. The druids met the convoy of vehicles and immediately began complaining about trespassing and violations of civil rights. Wildermuth began snapping pictures and was peering through his camera when he suddenly noticed that his son's car was immediately ahead of him. Freeze, another dad, spotted his son and ran to him. Wildermuth looked for his son, but he was nowhere in sight. 
The group stayed for about a half hour during which Wildermuth said he had a futile conversation with these young individuals that were obviously in a state of trance. Um, one son yawned a lot, they noted. Each druid was covered from head to toe with dirt and they were obviously putting in some long, hard hours. Uh, Wildermuth tried without results to get the druids to tell him where his son was. He mentioned occasionally that he was prepared to use physical force if necessary to recover him. He even implied that he would organize a raid to destroy the druid vill village, but he was the son was not to be found. They left the village and returned to Rama and told their story to their wives. Um, and then they go to contact a house of representatives of the legislator in New Mexico, um, and this legislator lived in Grants. So they go to Grants uh, to try to talk to um, this legislator. And then they're trying to call the, the male cult leader um, and he answers. So to their surprise, he answers. At least they thought it was Copeland. The man on the other end of the line claimed to be Copeland's son, which they didn't believe since they had heard the Copelands had no children. Um, they left a message for their son to call them at the sheriff office in Grants. They both knew, however, that there would be little chance of Mark calling. They then called the sheriff office, informing them of what had just happened and to refer any calls to them at the motel. And then they're nearly ready to go back um, and they get this phone call and it's from their son, Mark. And so he wants to visit them for a few weeks, but he wants to return to the village because he feels it's his home. So they meet and gallop at a fast food restaurant. Um, they talk with him and their son, Mark, agrees to go home with them for three weeks. He didn't know what day, date or month it was. They finalize the arrangements and then he goes back with them. And then he would return to Gallup um, after that. So he, he went to Illinois with his parents and then he returned like he said he would. And so they write him occasionally or they start this whole searching procedure. And then after two months of no contact, the parents return to the commune in Rama um, and they remove him. And he is deprogrammed by this kind of famous deprogrammer, Ted Patrick. Hmm. Who, who some claim, you know, he, he essentially abducted people from these places um, because they didn't want to leave, but, you it know. Seems, yeah, kind of a fuzzy line there. I mean, yeah, like, I've heard of that guy. okay to grab your adult son and yeah. go home with you. Right. So that was, that was kind of the parent looking for their kids um, aspect. But then there's this other aspect, and this is what really ends the Druids. Um, and so this is in 78. So you can tell this is happening, you know, in pretty quick succession. And basically, uh, two people leave who had a son with the Druids. Uh, the leader, Jerry, um, Jerry slash Laura, said that she had gotten in writing from the mom that she had custody of this son. And this son is a four-year-old and he is a special one. You know, he's, he's been marked as special under the rules of, of the Druid laws. And so um, then the, this uh, goes to court and because the, the ex-member says there were two children's deaths um, covered up or, or not reported children's deaths. I know that there's two kids buried um, in the commune. So the, the leaders say, no, that's not true. 
um, the police go out to the land and look, they can't find anything. But um, the guys say, no, it is true. And then, you know, through, and they do, they have about five kids at this time and there's all this different stuff and I won't get into all of it, but you know, there's all this different, different stuff going on with custody, giving them to um, whatever is, you know, the state at the time, the state agency for kids, the leaders really want the kids to stay with them. You know, there's even a doctor who, who advocates on behalf of them, but they're also saying, you know, they're noticing that this one particular four-year-old um, has learned in when he's staying at the state agency with other kids, another kid is crying and he goes to him. And while he's saying like, don't cry, he's also slapping him. And so they're making this conjecture. He had to have learned that from somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And so um, for a plea deal, Jerry and um, Richard end up showing, they do say, yes, there are two children buried one is a stillborn baby and then one died a crib death around four months. And, and this is another thing. Here's another Elvis thing. So around the time they were, they were buried and these, these kids buried these kids, it sounds like, and there's all, again, a little bit of confusion in these, in this reporting, it sounds like they died in Witchwell and were moved to ramp Rama um, and reburied. And around the time they were reburied in New Mexico was also around the time Elvis Presley died. That day in August was an important one, Laura told her followers, because all children, all children born within the commune from then on would become high priests and priestesses. Because that's when Elvis be died. Incarnations of other people. What? And it was because of Elvis's death that they would become, because he was a magi. Or yeah what? it sounds like that was some point oh, yeah. important point what a very strange totally 1970s wrinkle to this no kidding druid story because everything else you've said could have happened you know who knows any number of times over the last right. few centuries but you know guest starring elvis uh, could only have happened then what an interesting sounding group i mean like wow the um that Witchwells area is crazy. There's so much weird stuff around there. I I used to hitchhike around there to just to go into town and get supplies. And I remember hearing stuff like there's a serial killer that lives lived over here and there's 20 buried bodies still buried on the property that have never been excavated and stuff like that. It's like okay, can't I'll never find an article on that anywhere. But <laughs> so there, I'll remember you saying that forever. Um that's crazy, Nora. Where did you even find this story? Um, in the Albuquerque Journal archives and then looking, you know, just kind of looking on the internet, there's some in the Daily Lobo, if people are interested in there's some in the um, Flagstaff paper, um, the Arizona Sun, and just it, the, the frustrating thing and I need to research more, maybe we'll know for the next one, I can't find an end to it, I couldn't find an end to it hmm. in the time I had to research. Like what actually wound up happening? Yeah. yeah. The last article I found was um, a psychiatrist testifies on Druid children. Mm. So they're going through, you know, the testimony, figuring out custody and all that. And they just called yeah. themselves the Druids. That's it. Mm -hmm. It sounds sure. like, it. and there's not a ton on, on their belief system. You know, mm. that you get these little things from some ex-members, 
Interesting. I, it would be really interesting to see that uh, book. Yeah. I, mean, I found, like, I wanted to check out this book that she wrote with all her rules. Oh, yeah. Spells, I guess, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that was like a common thing when Ulysses S. Grant was in charge of the Placidus communes back in the 70s, not the real Ulysses Grant, Ulysses S. Grant, but the guy who thought he was him reincarnated. Um, he had like a big watercolored binder with all the rules laid out with pictures and stuff like that. It was like a central text for the whole group. I've looked at it. It's in the possession of a family of ex-hippies that lives in Placidus yeah. now. And there's there like lists. Yeah, it's still around. I, so maybe this one is too, you know, this sort of thing. Maybe that was like a just a thing that people did back in the day. Like you had to have a canonical central text or something. That's what I'd do. Yeah. Dude, if yeah. I wrote I know I'd have an awesome book. Like yeah. A, a tome. A great bar, yeah. if you will. Right. <clears throat> Whoa. That's, I've never heard of this story that I, is, that I can really think of. So it's pretty amazing. I mean, Wow, wild. Yeah, they were arrested, another Albuquerque connection, when they were arrested for uh, the, the kids' deaths, the, you know, covered up or not reported kids' deaths, they were arrested in Albuquerque. Mm. So I'm not sure what they were doing there. But... So that's our show. Thank you for dialing us up on the internet. This is Cult Season at City on the Edge, and next episode we'll be discussing the Aggressive Christianity Training Corps. If you'd like to support the show financially as we enter our 33rd season, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash cityontheedge. And thanks to those of you who already support the show, this is Ty Bannerman signing off.